Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. This is Jonathan with pureandsimplebible.com, and I am thankful for you listening once again. Now, I'll be honest with you, the past month has been pretty hard for me with my workflow uh, for several reasons, and I won't go into all of them, but suffice to say, I haven't been putting out podcasts every Monday. It's been kind of hit and miss, and I hope that this is the beginning of a little bit more consistency in putting out podcast episodes. Now, um, today I don't have a guest. I'm only going to uh, be speaking with you just one-to-one. Let's have a heart-to-heart. And hopefully next week I'll have um, some guests back in. I have four or five recordings that I'm still editing and working on, but I need to spend some time getting them at the appropriate level. And so I am going to have a conversation with you today about um, the power of listening and why we should listen, why the Bible gives us commands for why listening is so important. So I just want you to spend that time with me and um, maybe, you know, there's not a conversation happening with a guest, but let's have it with your heart, okay? So, uh, listening is so needed right now, and there's so much going on, and I'm really not sure where to begin or what to say about all of our current events, but I can't help but think that I think as Christians, it would be very helpful if we would be good listeners. One, because the Bible tells us to be. And two, because I think it will help others who are struggling with their own thoughts on the process if they would just have the opportunity to talk about it and know that somebody cares about them and wants to listen to what they have to say because there's so many people who are just shouting and their ears are closed and they're not really caring what other people have to say. So what a great opportunity for us to show the world uh, that we are willing to listen because the Bible says it, and because it's the right thing to do. Now, I'd like to begin with a story from the Old Testament. It's the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 3. And there was a little boy named Samuel who was confused because at night he was going to bed and he'd hear this voice calling his name. And he would immediately go to his guardian, um, an old man named Eli, and, and he'd say, hey, you called me. But Eli wasn't calling him. This happened once and then twice and then a third time. And finally, the old man, Eli, realized that it was the Lord that was calling him. And so uh, listen to what the Bible says in 1 Samuel 3, verse 9. Eli told Samuel, go to bed, and if he calls you again, say, speak, Lord. I am your servant, and I'm listening. So Samuel went back to bed. The Lord came and stood there. He called as he did before, saying, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, I am your servant, and I am listening. So this time Samuel listened, and he received instruction from the Lord. And, you know, I think we can all be kind of like this young guy if we're not careful. We're very quick to react and quick to jump to a conclusion, quick to speak our mind, when maybe if we slowed down and we listened, then we might find that we understand the Lord's will. Now, there's a book called How to Speak and How to Listen. I think it's over 100 years old, and as one guy told me uh, whenever I was buying it and reading it, he said, this book is as dry as toast. 
but it's got some good information in it. And he was absolutely right. It's really boring. It's a boring book, but the information is rock solid. How to Speak, How to Listen by Mortimer J. Adler. And uh, among all of the disciplines in his book of how to effectively speak and how to effectively listen, one of the things he he, uh, concludes is that the skill of listening is so underrated. He uses this set of statistics. In a child's life, listening is learned first. Uh, It's used 46% of the time, and yet it's the least taught in all the the years of, of learning in public school. In a child's life, speaking is the next skill that's learned and used and needed in developmental sequence. It's used 30% of your life you're going to be speaking. And uh, almost like listening, it's really not taught. It's uh, a skill that, that we don't teach from a practical theoretical level um, whenever kids go to school. However, uh, reading and writing, which develop way later than hearing, listening, and speaking, these things develop a lot later. We only use them 15 and 9% of our lives, respectively, yet it's the most taught skill in school. And so Mortimer J. Adler concludes, the skillful art of listening to any speech or discourse is intrinsically more difficult than reading a book. And maybe you're thinking that right now. I mean, you are listening to this podcast, and yet uh, that that skill of listening, it's not something you can just do passively, even if you are doing something else. And, you know, I like whenever people do that. I, I hear from folks who listen while they're driving or they're listening while they're cooking or uh, cleaning up the house, whatever it may be that you're doing while you're listening to this. That uh, activity requires you some mental focus in listening to what's being said. And so I think we can understand how difficult it is to listen well uh, just based on things like this. But what I want us to do is, is to look at Scripture. Not We don't want to be good listeners just because statistics tell us that it's what we need to be. But really, we need to see it as a valuable skill so that we can share the gospel with others who've never considered him before. And so what I'd like to for you to think about is to consider your frustration when someone who you're talking to isn't listening to you. You know, you ever had somebody that's they're just waiting for their turn to speak? How did you feel? How did you feel when you knew you weren't being heard? I want you to use that empathy, that frustration, as we consider a scripture that will give us perspective on the value of listening to others. Now, James 1, 19-20 is a very commonly used scripture, and I think it's good to put it in its context. So let's read it, understand and appreciate why it's there, and then we'll break it down. James 1, 19 says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. It's a good little nugget. But it's really in a context about opening your heart to the Lord. James 1, uh, the, the chapter, the the second part of this chapter is about being a hearer and a doer of the will of God. The context is talking about how you're listening to the Lord, and like in John chapter 8, verse 47, we'll we'll mention this verse again at the end of this podcast, but in John 8, verse 47, Jesus in that scripture and in other places as well talks about how those who hear God are the ones who are the ones who obey him, you know, the ones that 
that don't hear him are the ones who don't obey him. So there's value in hearing and listening to what God says, but also being a doer of the word. So think about that context, but then specifically about the verse itself, we can break it down into four main parts, and that is, one, let every man, two, be slow to speak, three, be slow to wrath, and four, be swift to hear. That first part, let every man, um, it's an imperative in Greek, and that just means it's a command. And I think there's 108 verses. I hope I get this statistic right. It's been a little bit since I've looked at it, but I think there's 108 verses in James, and out of 108, 54 are imperative. There's a, there's a lot of commands in the book of James, and this is one of them. Let every man. And so what this means is that we are going to obey this command of being slow to speak, slow to wrath, quick to hear, and we don't get to have an excuse, you know, saying, oh, well, I'm just not a good listener. That doesn't come easy to me, or I I've been through uh, this or that, and so this one doesn't apply. Would you say that about any other command? I, I would hope I wouldn't. I hope you wouldn't either. So whether you're a good listener naturally or you need to work on it because it doesn't come natural, you have an obligation to be a good listener. And I, I don't think it's going to happen through rigidity. You know, you just... Uh, practice some sort of rote formula for learning how to listen, but rather just a, a habit-forming practice, a mindset of, I'm going to get better at this. I'm going to be a better listener than I used to be. Let every man, number two, be slow to speak. And first, let me maybe qualify what I'm not talking about here. This is not an admonition to be constantly silent or to uh, let error or false doctrine ride roughshod over a conversation without responding to it. Um, that's not what we're talking about here. Those, that, that's for another day, but just suffice to say, um, you, know, you should always respond when somebody is teaching error. What we are talking about here is the habit of hearing others and not simply engaging with them to win an argument or verbally punish them because they disagree with you. You are engaging in the conversation, and the target audience that I want you to be thinking about is those who don't know Jesus. Uh, you are considering the habit of being slow to speak instead of seizing control of the conversation. Now, uh, maybe it would be good to use scriptures to back that up. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 2. I have a lot of Proverbs in this, and I'm going to read them out of a dynamic equivalent. I know that that may not get it word for word, but it's going to put it in some simple language that's thought for thought, and I think we can appreciate the simplicity of what I'm about to say. Proverbs 18, verse 2. Fools don't want to learn from others. They only want to tell their own ideas. You ever thought about how social media, it's just rampant with people expressing their own ideas. Who goes on social media just to listen but never speak. You know, there, there certainly are some who do that. Maybe you are. But there's also millions, if not billions, of people who are just constantly barraging these platforms with their thoughts, not interested in learning, but only inventing all of their feelings. Proverbs 18, verse 13 says, Let people finish speaking before you try to answer them. That way you will not embarrass yourself and look foolish. The Proverbs certainly are interested in us uh, listening to what other people have to say instead of 
simply speaking our mind all the time. In addition to being slow to speak, we're supposed to be slow to wrath. That's the third part. Let every man be slow to speak and slow to wrath. And, you know, sometimes conversations can be tough whenever you're talking about your faith, and this is something that matters to us more than anything else in the world, and so we want others to take it as seriously as maybe we take it or to appreciate the truth as much as we may appreciate it, but some people don't. And when you have conversations with them, for whatever reason, it can be frustrating. But there shouldn't be anything said about Jesus or about the Bible or about our faith. There shouldn't be anything that would cause us to erupt in our reply where we just are boiling over, you know, exploding with, with wrath. We've got to have a mindset like Paul. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, he said, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellent of the power may be of God and not of us. You see, the vessel doesn't matter. The treasure is the gospel. And so when we share the gospel and we have to listen to hostile words as we're sharing it, there's no need to respond in wrath. Now, you know, again, I'll qualify. Anger is not wrong. Mark 3, verse 5, Mark 11, verse 15, Ephesians 4, 26. Righteous anger is a response to the depravity of sin and the corruption of those who are supposed to stand for truth. So, you know, even though James 1 says be slow to wrath, it doesn't say never be angry. There's times when we have to express an emotion of anger because of something that is unjust and unrighteously happening to the Word of God, to the gospel, to the church. Jesus was angry, you know, whenever people were taking the house of prayer and turning it into a den of thieves. We can read about that in the gospel. But when we're interested in sharing the gospel, when we're talking to others about our faith, you know, our target audience usually isn't jeering or taunting us. Their, their disagreement or their ignorance really shouldn't set off a powder keg of emotions. And so there's times to speak the truth, and then there's other times whenever we just need to maybe slow down a little bit. I want to give a couple scriptures to go along with it. Proverbs 15, verse 1, A gentle answer makes anger disappear, but a rough answer makes it grow. Think about that. Think about the way you respond to people. Proverbs 19, 27. My son, if you stop listening to instruction, you will keep making stupid mistakes. Well, we're to be slow to speak, slow to wrath, but quick to hear. So I'd just like to encourage you for a moment that listening to others is a discipline that we all need to work on. And I feel compelled to remind us, and myself, you know, as I say this, listening does not mean agreeing. Just because you hear somebody out doesn't mean you have to agree with what they say. But listening does reveal what's going on in another person's heart. Right? How will you know what somebody believes unless you ask them and then listen to what they say? If we never listen, we're going to be guilty of what people assume that Christians 
are judgmental and never want to uh, talk about something honestly, right? Don't give them the opportunity to say that. Ask questions. Listen to people's responses. If they're willing to hear the Bible or to hear a counterpoint, great. But at least you would know what's going on in their heart, whereas beforehand you, you didn't know because you didn't ask. Proverbs 20 verse 5 says, Getting information from someone can be like getting water from a deep well. If you're smart, you will draw it out. How do, how do you know what's going on in somebody's heart? You've got to ask and give them the opportunity to speak. Now, what I'd like to do maybe real quick is uh, maybe talk about the struggles in the heart of a listener. Because if you're like me, it's one thing to hear the scriptures and you know you recognize the divine authority of it, and you say, yes, I need to be a better listener. I need to be quick to hear and slow to speak, slow to wrath. But then you get in a conversation that's high risk, and that high-risk conversation uh, makes it really difficult to hear for a number of reasons. There's a book. It's not um, canonical. It's not in the Bible. It's called Crucial Conversations. It's actually a book about business. It's for CEOs and others who are um, in the business community. And and the funny thing about it, though, is that it's written with biblical principles, and even a lot of its chapters, their headings are proverbs uh, taken from the Word of God. But these business CEO types wrote it because they were involved in high-risk conversations, and they were trying to train others in it. And they have a triangle, and each point represented a way that a conversation could be high risk. Either it was an opposing opinion, strong emotions, or high stakes. There was a lot to lose. And so anytime there were opposing opinions, strong emotions, or high stakes, it creates some ugly responses in people if they haven't developed the art of listening. Rather, it's natural when you feel threatened, you know, if the, there's an opposite opinion, a strong emotion or high stake, you feel threatened, and then it becomes physiological. And so they use some science jargon to talk about how, really, there's two responses physiologically when you feel threatened. You might have heard of these terms before. It's fight or flight. That we are wired physiologically to do one of two things react aggressively to defend ourselves or duck out and try to escape the confrontation. Now, these things can be overcome, especially when we've been called to a higher standard of living through Jesus Christ. Fighting and flighting is not what a Christian should do, but many times I've been confused, and maybe you have too, because you find yourself getting nervous or your heart starts to pump or maybe you get angry, and it's just it's, this physiological response is strong. Let's maybe break it down a little bit more than that. What does it mean to have a fight response? Well, any verbal response that's attempting to control or compel others to your point of view and it, where it threatens the safety of a conversation is a fight response. And some examples of that would be controlling, labeling, and attacking. Uh, if you are trying to control the conversation where you are coercing others into your point of view without giving them the chance to respond. Labeling, where you're putting a label on people or their idea, you dismiss them as a stereotype or, or some sort of category. 
You know, they they try to say something and you just say, oh, well, you're anti this. Right. You're oh, you're you're just pro that. And you you turn them not from a human being, rather you turn them from a human being into a, a, a label. Third, you attack. And that kind of speaks for itself. You know, you move from winning the argument to making it more personal. You want them to suffer. These are fight responses. Proverbs 29.11 says, A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. I'm going to read it in a different translation. Fools are quick to express their anger, but wise people are patient and control themselves. Now, not everybody has a fight response. Maybe you do. Maybe you are an aggressive person, and whenever you find there are opposing opinions, high stakes, or strong emotions, you tend to puff up your chest and you know jump into the conversation. Others tend to shrink away. Those are called flight responses. And that's any act or attempt to purposely withhold information from a conversation that would have been helpful or healthy, but you did it to avoid potential problems, and thus it really constricted and restricted the flow of information. So anytime you try to just avoid it, let's just get around it. And that can come in a few ways, too. We can kind of unpack the idea of flight traits with masking, avoiding, withdrawing. Masking meaning you understate or you selectively tell your opinion. You, you really don't kind of open up honestly about what you believe. Avoiding meaning you just try to steer all conversations away from that sensitive subject. And then withdrawing is simply getting out of it altogether. And I think about many times, you know, in the church when, when people leave and, and we get confused Maybe we didn't know why. Sometimes maybe it could have been they were masking and avoiding, and eventually they just withdrew altogether. You know what 2 Timothy 2, verse 24 and 25 says? This may be my favorite scripture in this study that we're having together, this discussion. It says, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness, God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth. There's some really important pieces of information in there. First, we're, we're not supposed to be quarrelsome, but gentle and kind. Okay, so listen, tough guy, you need to be gentle and kind too. And for those of you who are super sensitive and want to avoid it all, you have to be able to teach, right? You have to patiently endure evil. Have you thought about that? That's what the scripture says. Patiently enduring evil, correcting opponents with gentleness. So for those of you who um, try to steer away from tough conversations, you have to step up to the plate. All right? That's the skill you have to grow in. For those of you who enjoy getting to the plate and you're ready with that bat to beat on anything that comes into the plate, well, you need to do it with gentleness and not be quarrelsome. You know, to foster a healthy ability to listen. I'd like to recommend you do this. So this is Jonathan Edwards' advice hour, I suppose. Here's it. Here it is. Take time before a conversation to pray and ask a couple questions. What do I really want? And how should I behave if I want it? 
What do you want when you talk to somebody about the gospel? You want them to be saved, right? Not to win an argument, but to be saved. How do you act to get them to be that? Well, that's really up to you. I'm, I'm going to let you think about it. But I want you to, you know, next time you have a conversation that's coming up like this, pray for them, pray for yourself, and ask yourself, what do I really want here, and how should I behave if I really want these things? Why do we listen? Well, I'm going to end it with these four points. Why do we listen? First, we listen because God listens. Thought about that? We serve a God who listens. Psalm 116, verse 1 and 2. I love the Lord because he's heard my voice and my pleas for mercy, because he inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I call on him as long as I live. You know, God listens to our prayers. And then there's times when we don't pray for a while and we come back. He's willing to listen again. We serve a God who listens. That's why we listen. We're a people who listen because we serve a God who listens. Why do we listen? Number two, because Jesus set the example. If you think about it, there, there's a book, and I've mentioned this a few times, um, called Jesus is the Question. And in that book, they make the case that Jesus was asked 183 questions, and he only ever directed directly answered between three to eight of them, depending on how you categorize it. 183, and the most he ever directly answered was eight. You know what he did? He asked questions in response. Jesus asked over 300 questions in the Gospels, and a lot of those are redundant, you know, the same question in different books. But Jesus asked over 300 questions. Jesus told stories. He listened to where people were based, you know, when he asked their question, his questions, he listened to their responses and then talked to them at their level where they were. He didn't talk over them. He didn't talk through them or around them. He talked to them. He was able to pierce the heart because he listened to what they had to say. Why do we listen? Number three, because it's the right thing to do. I don't have a scripture for this one. So I guess you, if you're taking notes, you could write down James 1.19. It's the right thing to do. The Bible says, be swift to hear. That means it's the right thing to do. You're not weak. You're not wrong um, when you listen. And you need to be a good listener because it's the right thing to do. It's just the right thing to do. And we need it now more than ever. I hope you agree with that, that there's so many people talking and there's so much conversation happening. There's a lot of shouting and a lot of screaming, a lot of character assassination going on, especially in social media. It's everywhere. So take time to listen because it's the right thing to do. And I'd like to end with this. We, why do we listen? Because salvation is at stake. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So, if you're a Christian, you recognize that there was a point in your life when you had to stop talking, I guess spiritually speaking, trying to make justification for your mistakes. You had to listen. You had to listen to the fact that there was sin and that you were a sinner. You had to listen to the fact that Jesus could save if you were willing to 
repent and obey the gospel. You had to listen to all these things. And you did. If anybody's listening to this and they're not a Christian, then know this, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you've got to listen to what God says in order to be saved. That's what James 1, 19 and 20 is a part of, is that it's not just the one who hears, but they hear and do. Listening leads to doing. So why do we listen? Because it's through that that we come to know who Jesus is and what he's done. It's through listening that leads us to desire, to believe, to repent, to confess, to be baptized, to walk as a Christian for the rest of our life, loving the Lord and loving his people. So there's a lot of stuff going on right now. That's an understatement. And as you go through life, if you are on social media, I mean, I I think you probably are just because this is an online platform I'm using. You're seeing a lot of things thrown out with some very ungodly attitudes. And I just want to encourage you to be godly and to listen and to use that skill for the glory of God. That's all I wanted to say today. And Lord willing, next week we'll have some guests back on and uh, we'll have a great conversation that you can listen to then as well. Until next week, you can go to the website. If you haven't already, check out all the information that's there. A lot of great stuff to download for free. And always remember, God loves you very much, and I do too. Lord willing, see you soon. Well, I'm here.